podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Cop Table podcast, where tonight myself, Jay and Gav are going to be talking you through a, a question and answer session. So feel free to join in, get your questions into to our, uh, any of us that's uh, involved in the podcast tonight. Obviously, with, with no football uh, being played, we've, we've still got lots to talk about the Premier League announcement today, um, what's going to happen in the future with, with the games, how are they going to be played how's the season going to be completed so starting off we're going to get uh, straight live into the chat room gav's going to be answering the asking the questions should i say and uh, myself and jay will be answering them as best we can so first of all welcome back onto the show jay and gav hello boys you're okay yeah all good lads all good great to talk to you again uh Chat room is now live, so uh, as the questions come in, um, I will absolutely throw them at you. The first question is from me, and I'd like to ask you about the FA and the Premier League and the announcements that came out today with regards to the league being finished, regardless of time. What what do you both make of that? Go on, Jay. Well, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I've said all along, you can't just end the season as it is because there's so many things to be resolved. I mean, it's not just about Liverpool. I mean, people seem to be going on saying, oh, the Scousers are bothered about is Liverpool being champions. And of course, we're looking after our own interests because we haven't been champions for 30 years and we're so far ahead, 25 points and, you know, so close to touching distance really from the title. And of course, we're looking after number one. But it's not just about Liverpool. There's loads of other issues to be resolved. I mean, how would Leicester City feel? They've been in the top three places all season, really, haven't they? And for them to miss out on Champions League football for next season would be, you know, a travesty, really, for them as well. And the amount of finances that are involved in it and being in the Champions League. And also the likes of Manchester United, who are fifth, who probably feel that they can get back into them top four places. You know, Chelsea aren't too far away. Um, Sheffield United, Wolves there's other clubs that have got opportunities to do it, to get into the Champions League but it's not only that, it goes deeper than that into the the other leagues I mean, you know, the relegation issues in the Premier League but also the promotion from the Championship, the likes of Leeds United and West Brom You know, it's a big money spinner for them type of clubs and also the playoff teams, I mean, someone like a Brentford or Fulham even coming back to the Premier League, you've got to consider that that, that game, the playoff game that gets played at Wembley every year, they say it's the, the richest game in football, even richer than being in a Champions League final because the amount of money that's involved in them being promoted from the EFL into the Premier League. And then you've also got the knock-on effect of other clubs in the lower leagues, as I said then. You've got Coventry City, who, who've been really struggling financially. They had to vacate the Rico Arena, didn't they, their home stadium, to play games at St. Anne. Um, Birmingham's ground this season and they're flying high top of, of League One 
think they're five points clear, so they're hoping to get back to the championship. So it runs deep. It's not just necessarily about Liverpool being champions. It's the, the only fair way to every single club in, in, in England, in the UK, is to basically complete the season. We're not talking about... You're hearing people going on saying, back when it was the war in the 1930s, they voided the season then. But there's a massive difference. There wasn't the, the financial implications in football back then. There also, was, they'd only played three or four games as well back then. You know what you've got to consider is this season is is nearly over. You know we're we're seventy five percent completed of the season. So you know it's an absolute nonsense to say the season would be null and void. And it doesn't surprise me at all that sensibility has prevailed in the sense that you know they've said that they're going to suspend the season's going to basically be extended indefinitely in the sense that they're not going to say, right, when we get a, a cut-off point of, well, I think they were saying the 1st of June, weren't they? I mean, I thought it was the 30th of June, but when all the, the revelations came out from the meeting today, they said the 1st of June, didn't they, that they've, they've cancelled that date now and it's, it's going to be indefinitely extended. So that leads you to believe that no matter what, when we are safe enough to continue all matches then yes, this season will be concluded. But, you know, you just never know with the government too yet. I mean, if this coronavirus gets worse and worse, then who knows what's around the corner. But it's got to be positive thoughts, as Nick coming after that meeting today. Yeah, you'd like to think so, wouldn't you? And the the thing is, with the, with the sponsorship, money and, and all the TV money that's that's involved these days. I, I read something before, like I think the the, the sort of the, the fee that would be uh, involved for the season not not finished between the, the clubs would be with three quarters of a billion pounds, seven hundred and fifty million. And the the clubs that are involved that that type of money that they're talking it, it it's it's beyond comprehension for them not to not to finish the season, isn't it? Even if the, the games are gonna end up being Played behind closed doors for for a short time until the until the virus actually settles down and and people can get back to to some normality. But I just think now that basically there's a lot to do with um, with the government trying to take this away from the football slightly. That the decisions need to be made. Other countries have started to to lock down their their countries to stop the spread of the virus. And and personally, I think it's it, it what. It's what needs to happen over here because it's it's sort of it the the incline in, in the death rates of people uh, and stuff like that. It it needs to be it needs to be nipped in the bud now before before it goes way out of, off the scale. And I think something needs to be done immediately before um before it like like I say gets totally out of hand and and it just causes absolute chaos for for every sort of every person every every environment and and, and people's lives in general. It's it's funny, like uh, when you when you look at it, you know, from a humanitarian point of view, it's 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 very very it's very very serious. It's extremely serious, you know, especially in Italy when you where you look what's happening. China have it under control. We don't know about Germany, France, but Italy is very very serious. Uh, the UK look like they've delayed reacting for me. Um, you know, usually you like you're in the you guys are in the UK, I'm in Ireland, and usually the UK and Ireland are, are, are on a par when it comes to what they do and what they react and how they react simply because they're the closest neighbours and they're both islands. Um rather than being, you know, mainland Europe. Uh, 
when is this going to peak? We don't know. When is it going to go away? We don't know. I can see the season being finished out behind closed doors. That's my honest feeling on it. And I, I think there is an impact on this season where you won't, won't see football for probably two, three months. But I think it might have a bigger impact on the following season. But you, you wave it and the like have to look at it and say to themselves, we need these domestic competitions finished. Because if this goes away and by some miracle they can start football back and normality in say say the 1st of September just for argument's sake they'll have Champions League they'll have Europa League how are they meant to put teams into these competitions if no one's qualified you know and it leads to more problems when you yeah. when it, you know if you went to next season and went oh well, we wrote off all the domestic season so the people from the year before the clubs from the year before can go in again you're going to end up with more you'll end up with more court cases, people in casts, you know, all this sort of stuff. Mm. So there's so much ramifications. The money is a massive thing. But I think just for for the actual sake of football and the way it progresses season on season, this has to be finished. And whether that's, you know, they get to go ahead in June the 4th and they say to themselves, right, lads, there's nine league games left each. You're playing every five days for the next, I don't know, 45 days, um, which is, what, seven weeks. Um, and they say you're going to finish late July and we're going to give you until late August to start the next season. That's where it looks like it's going to go. Um, it, it's it's crazy. Like Kevin Sullivan on the chat says, Johnson was talking about 14 weeks in his press conference today. So give it two weeks of pre-season. You're talking four months. Um, Ian says no new cases have been reported in the province of China. The only new case are people have entered the country from travelling abroad. So it looks like they've got control of it. Uh, Kev is asking... Could they do like a straight knockout competition in Europe next season if this this season drags on so much that they have to shorten the the European season? Is that a possibility? Um, I think personally, then yeah, if if they want to sort of take the group stages out of it and and shorten the season in that way, then there's lots of ideas that they could come up with. But yeah, that like Kev says, that that is one possibility where they just have a have a straight knockouts um you've also got to take into to consideration this season that we've still got competitions running haven't we we've still got the fa cup in this country you've still got the europa league and and champions league running as well so there's there's lots to be fitted in but um i was watching the debate before with gary neville and um and jamie carragher before and now Will come up with a, a good idea to towards the the end of the season. Have a, I think he he put it down as something like four weeks at a, fo- a football festival. He called it mm. where you're having games Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. Obviously, it's not great for the for the likes of Jurgen Klopp and, and his um, and the way he likes to approach games. I know he likes a lot of rest between games and stuff like that. And and players he wants players hundred percent. But to get this season finished, it's it's one idea that that could be. Um, put out there to the Premier League, but yeah, that that's just my own thoughts on it. So, if you, you want to take over, Jay? Well, to, to be honest, it, it's it's all very confusing, isn't it? Because I mean, you're looking at the Premier League clubs now, and you know some of them are actually returning to the training next week, and it, it's it's bizarre, really, situation because if there's not going to be any Premier League football guaranteed now until the thirtieth of April. Then I mean I know they've got to keep fit and they've got to do obviously individual programs and stuff like that. But if you're meant to be self isolating, I mean it, it sort of like defeats the object, doesn't it? If they're returning back to training, but on the other hand, you do have to sort of like still remain fit, don't you? But because now we're virtually guaranteed to not see any football for at least six weeks, I mean it's a strange situation because you know you could argue that 
this could be like a little bit of a, a pre-season, if you like, because really, normally what tends to happen is in pre-season, they get around a about that time off anyway, don't they? And then they have to come back to you know pre-season training and they have a couple of friendly games before the season actually begins again. Now, I mean, so we have six weeks off now, but the season's not over, so they've still got to keep themselves relatively quite fit, haven't they, and available to play games in six weeks' time. So it's a really, really strange situation, and that term unprecedented's been used quite a lot, hasn't it? And, you know, in terms of other competitions, it's like I've seen a little bit of that debate as well before with Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher. And Carragher was sort of like saying it was mainly all about the Premier League that needs to be resu- like resumed and, and you know played to mm-hmm. a completion. And he was sort of like not dismissing the cup competitions, but saying they should have been on the back burner more so than the league. And I get where he's coming from. You could tell Gary Neville was like, "Whoa, hang on a minute." You know, do you think they're like some Man City or Paris Saint-Germain who, who've pumped a lot of money into their football clubs and really, really want the Holy Grail? The Holy Grail for Liverpool is winning the Premier League, but the Holy Grail for them two clubs, because of the amount of money that they've spent, is they want to try and win the Champions League, don't they? So they wouldn't agree to that being on the back burner. Um, and also, you know, Manchester United, Gary Neville's team are still in the Europa League and highly likely to be into the quarter-final stage of that. So, I mean... This is where it comes down to it's difficult, isn't it, to make an agreement on things because you can't sort of like sacrifice certain competitions. If you're going to say you're going to complete the season in terms of the, the, the actual domestic leagues, like obviously not just the Premier League, I'm talking Serie A, La Liga, you know, League One, the French League and stuff. If you're going to complete all of the leagues and, and say, OK, we're going to do them first and foremost, but the FA Cup, and the Champions League and the Europa League are going to on a back burner and we're not going to complete them. I think you've got to complete them as well, but it's a little bit more difficult to do the, the, the Europa, Europa League games and also the Champions League games because it's teams playing each other from different countries, so they're not in the same country, so there's also them other risks because obviously this mm-hmm. coronavirus, it's like it's it's peaked at various different levels at different in different countries. So it's all right, Boris Johnson saying, oh, well, we could be in a period of self-isolation for, for what, 12 weeks or whatever, but other countries are already doing that now and they're a little bit of ahead of us, aren't they? So... Yeah. It's a hard, it's it's a it's a difficult sort of like it's a bit of a conundrum, really, isn't it? What you do with it, but you know, like I say, with with the Euros being put back for a year now, it does give us a little bit more scope to get things finalised. And and see, my my thoughts behind it were, everyone seemed to be obsessed with, you know, what about next season? Well, let's be honest, forget about next season. This season needs concluding first. And as you said there, Peter, you know, you, you, you can't, and Gav as well, I mean, you can't have a competition next year of the Europa League and the Champions League with teams in it when you don't know who was who qualified from all the various different leagues across Europe. Mm-hmm. So that's, that, that is a massive indicator to me, the reasons why you cannot just void this season. Because it's not fair, as I say, the likes of... Chelsea, Tottenham, Tottenham would get a reprieve then because they're not going to get a Champions League spot for me this season mm. for next year. So they would be getting a reprieve, wouldn't they? That's unfair on, on Leicester City. As I said before, we've been in the top three virtually all season. We deserve Champions League football. At this moment in time, the, the third place, they should be playing Champions League football next season. So that's why you've got to do it. But, you know, as I say, because it's so uncertain at the moment and we don't know for definite in terms of when we're likely to start playing football matches again, 
it's it's really difficult to put your finger on how it's going to work out next season. I can't see next season being cut short in terms of a 38-game season. I, I, I can't see it being any less than that. They're going to have to... The only way around it for me is take the hit on maybe not having Caribou Cup next season, maybe just completely abolish that and not have that tournament next season. Yeah, I think they will still have the FA Cup because the finances involved for the FA, isn't it? The, the League Cup's a little yeah. bit different, isn't it? Because it's more of a... I know the FA Cup sponsored by by Emirates and and the Caribou Cups obviously Caribou isn't it? But I think with the FA Cup it's slightly different, isn't it? It's the League Cup. Um, I think that could be cut short next season and not have it at all and not compete in it. And then somehow it frees up a couple of midweeks, doesn't it, for, for to enable like Premier League games and obviously football league games to take take place. Um, but as I say, the dilemma is the European stuff because mm. again. You know, the qualifying stages normally start, don't they, in the summer months. That leads up to the group stages. So I don't know how we'd go about that. But look, we're, we're only here debating about what potentially could happen. But I'm sure like the hierarchy in football, they're the ones, aren't they, that are going to have to come up with, you know, maybe altering the football and calendar because, you know, no one, nobody expected this to happen. No one knew this was around the corner. So it is a bit of a freak situation. And, First and foremost, obviously, people's health is, is more important than anything else. Football comes, you know, a distant second to that. But the only thing I could see is a, a, a season being voided would be if there was never to be football played ever again. And that's simply not going to be the case, is it? So the, the only yeah. fair way of doing it for all clubs, not just in England, but across Europe, everywhere, is conclude the season when it's safe enough to do so. And as Gav said before, if that means playing games behind closed doors, then it's not ideal. It's not perfect. I mean, we all want to be there the day that Liverpool actually win the title. We all want to be there the day they get given the title. And you know, Jordan Henderson does his little shuffle and lifts it up aloft, you know, for everyone to cheer and celebrate. And we all want to have a parade. But fact of the matter is, if they have to cram these fixtures in in a short period of time, and that means there's no fans there. Then so be it. We take it because you know if Liverpool were to be robbed of this title, and I say robbed because you know we're twenty five points clear, and and it does seem highly unlikely now that the null and void situation would ever would ever happen, and we shouldn't really be worrying about that now because of the statements that have came out today. But like I say, if that was ever to be the case, I mean. Jesus Christ, I mean, you would think we were cursed. So, you know, thankfully it doesn't seem to be the case, but it is what it is and we get what we're given as long as Liverpool are crowned champions. That's the, the be-all and end-all for me. Do you know something? Um, like Jade's last sentence there, Liverpool, as long as Liverpool are crowned champions, that's the be-all and end-all. As far as I'm concerned, Liverpool are champions regardless of what happens. If if this league is played out, we'll become champions. Um, if it's suspended and just the result stands as is, we're champions. And if it's made null and void, I still consider Liverpool champions. And that's just the way I am. I know some people will say to you, well, they didn't finish it and he didn't do this. Well, at the end of the day, the 25 points clear and the only thing really decided in this league is that Liverpool will be champions. It, it, it's funny though, Jay speaks about the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup there and you know we're talking about the Premier League and the Premier League, from what I've read about UEFA, UEFA are, in, are absolutely intent on these domestic league being finished simply because of the rollover effect into European competition next year and that's where their bread and butter is and they've even moved the Euros to 2021 one because 
they have to with regards to the uh, domestic leagues and to travel around Europe at the moment is just not happening with the way the virus is especially where games are meant, meant to be held and I believe the opening ceremony is in Italy so that, that's just not going to happen but when you look at the FA Cup they're going to have to finish the FA Cup because we're talking about Champions League places for the league I'm sure there's people in that FA Cup I haven't looked at the last whoever it is at the last eight or something like that I haven't looked at the eight teams but surely there has to be somebody in there that won't make Europe through the league position and would be targeting the FA Cup for a European spot again leaving people open to I don't know court cases and, and different things being brought against them because well we were in the FA Cup and we could have won it and you've denied us the chance of going into Europe through that I think the FA Cup will have to be finished I really do but how long will it take I think they'll probably do the, the rest of the league season and FA Cup in about seven weeks that that would be my thing nine, nine games you know a game every four days five days Gives you gives you about five weeks, and then throwing the FA Cup where you have to shuffle bits around. It's probably seven weeks. It's interesting you talk about them going back into training next week. I, I'd say, and I know where you're coming from, Jay. It, it sounds a bit ridiculous that we're meant to be self isolating and, and stuff like that. But clubs must be looking at it, going, listen. I'd say players are under strict, you know, um, instruction to be self isolating at home. And if you come into if you come into work, it's the sa- it, it, it's the second safest place to be after at home. And they're probably looking at it going, well, we need to, we do need to keep them fit. But that would tell me that somewhere in the background they're being told, listen, lads, when we get to the 30th of April, if this is anyway leveled off, we're playing games and we're playing them behind closed doors. That's what I think anyway, Peter. Yeah, most definitely. It's it's going to have to be sorted out one way or the other. But just one idea I wanted to, to get your both thoughts on. It was, I seen something the other day about for in respect of next season, not shortening the season, but have it in a way where similar to what they do in the Scottish League, where maybe you know more about it than me, Gav, because I'm not totally up on, on how they do it, but they sort of play so many games and then they have a what split, do do? don't they, into the, what to do the do? top and the bottom half. What they do in Scotland is there's... there's um. There's twelve teams. There's twelve teams in the in the Scottish Premier Division. What they do is you're meant to play each other four times. Okay, so no, yeah. sorry. There's there's ten teams. Is there ten teams? Yeah. Would it be right? Ten, no, it's twelve teams. It's twelve teams. So you play each other um, four times, right? And what they do is they ha- they set out the first three sections of your league campaign. Okay, and yeah. you play. Say for Ireland's sake, take Celtic as a as a as a you know an example. So Celtic will play each of those teams three times. Okay. Then what happens is you that means you play thirty three league games, okay? And then what they do is they split the league into two sets of six. So if you, if Celtic end up with say they end up with I don't know, whoever's the other five are in the top six, okay? They play those once mm. and it's all dependent on if you've played Rangers twice away or and once at home, you will play them the fourth time at home. That's how they work it. So basically you do play everybody three times and then when it's split you've five you've only five league games left against the five that are in your mini league of six. And if you've played one team away twice, you play them at home. If you played one team twice at home, you play them away and you end up at thirty eight league games. That's how they that's how they do it. Um but in respect of the Premier League, obviously there's more teams, isn't there? So it's well, going to have to be in respect. In respect, done in a different way, yeah. Yeah, because with 20 teams, you will play each team at home and away. You know, it would actually have to be split the other way around. I think. You know, it, it, you'd probably have to probably have to randomly pick so many teams to play against. 
it's it's very it's like very, a cup draw type of thing. Yeah, or they could they could probably split the Premier League into say it's very difficult with twenty teams because if you have twelve teams, you can do thirty three league games and split it down, and you end up with five. With twenty, it's very very difficult because you have to play them all twice. You know the kind of way mm-hmm. you have to. It's it's very difficult to do. I don't know whether they do half the season and then they look at it and split it down and you play, you know, you'd have nine games left as opposed to, to 18. I don't know what way they do it. I can't see that being done. All I, For me, all I can see is it going, they'll, they'll be targeting somewhere around September, if possible, to start this league. And they'll basically go, listen, we're just going to go with what Spain do. Spain starting the first week of September every year, every single year. You know what I mean? Yeah, like so. Now, now they have they. I think they may have only eighteen teams in their league, which takes four games away, which allows them for their winter break and finish up around the same time as the Premier League. But they'll, they'll have to knock a Premier. They'll have to knock a winter break on the head. It's just the way mm-hmm. it is. But then you have the other complication of this is being delayed. Now we're going to sw- swing it around from starting September to probably the end. It'll probably end up being the end of May, and ten, eleven days later, the Euro starts because the Euros are still there. You know, it's not like they've gone away. They've just been put back a little bit. That's right. So yeah. still, it's still a problem there, isn't it? Yeah, most definitely. And like we say, it's it's basically next season. But it, it can be put on the back burner, can't it? Until this this actual nineteen twenty season is completed, and then they they can start to think. Then when's the next season gonna gonna start, and and when's it? Gonna finish with with the Euros in mind and and things like that. So yeah, I think there's one or two questions in the chat room there, isn't there, Gav? If you want to go to Jay, yeah, Jay, there's one. Um, you know, Kev Sullivan's pointing out that the African nations has to be uh, fit in. Um, he's also saying, um, you know, he's he's commenting on on Scotland there, and he's saying twelve teams in the league splits. Jay, what about this? Has just come into my head, Jay. But what about where they do something like they split the Premier League in two, and what they do is they they they, they do 10 top seeds and 10 bottom seeds. They mix them evenly. You play each other twice, that's 20 games. And then you end up with, you know, the top four out of each go into a knockout competition to go and win the Premier League. Could they, could they end up doing something like that to shorten the league but keep the competition? Honestly, I suppose. I, re- I really couldn't see them doing something like that, to tell you the truth. I mean, you know, the idea of starting the season maybe in September time and extending it to further into May is a big possibility. But I also do think that, you know, you've got to consider, you know, it's there is the Euros next summer and because they've already put it back once from this summer to next summer, it's not going to happen again. And obviously the African nations as well. So it's difficult, isn't it? Because no matter what, they need to come up with some sort of plan of action now because, you know, this is for unforeseen circumstances and something has to give really. And, to be honest, I, I genuinely think the League Cup should go because that just basically takes away any midweek action. And of mm. course, then you could play Premier League games there. I really could not see them changing the dynamics of how a Premier League season runs in, in the sense of less games or in terms of like what you're saying there where seeded teams and the way they do it in the SPL in Scotland. I just can't see it happening. So I think the only sensible solution in my eyes would be to just basically get rid of the League Cup because the midweek opportunities there to play Premier League games. If you look at 
the championship and League One and League Two, they play a lot of games in midweek because obviously they've got more teams in their divisions and you know, I just I could see that happening with the Premier could League he, next season. He, really could he pull the Premier League out of the League Cup? And literally just make it the Football League Cup because if you pull the Premier League out of the League Cup, they go and play the competition anyway. You 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 put it to the league that look, we won't have the Premier League teams in it because we have to get this Premier League back around and back on track because of the Euros there. And a football league club could probably end up going, will end up going to Wembley, winning the league, winning a competition, and end up getting a European place for. Could he do something like that? What you've got to Sad, consider. That it's not Sorry, just the Premier League, though. It's not just the Premier League. That's like mm. stopped, though, and needs games to be played still, though, is it? The, the other divisions still have to, so their season's going to start just as late as the Premier League, mm. isn't it, in theory? Mm. So, you know, it still defeats the object, doesn't it, really? I think mm. Sutton's got to give, and that's the competition for me that I'll probably fall by the wayside. I mean, there's even been talk anyway this season before all this, you know, pandemic hit. You know, across the world, I mean, people were saying they should really do away with the League Cup anyway. Now, why have we got that League Cup? I mean, if you look at other other countries, they haven't all got like two cup competitions. You know, some of them have only got one, haven't they? So, what what's the need to have two in this country? And I know, like in England, we pride ourselves on you know we've always had that, haven't we? We've always had the League Cup, and now it does carry a European place, a European berth for next season. I get that. But the fact of the matter is, this is an unusual situation that we're involved in now. And I just think yeah. if Sutton's got to give, for me, it would be the League Cup. And as I say, it, it opens up the windows then of the midweek opportunities to play Premier League games because we're starting the season late. And, you know, no matter what, they're going to have to try and play a little bit of catch-up because they're going to want the season over by May time because of the Euros the following summer. The yeah. only thing for me, what you could do is with the League Cup, is you could play, you could still go into the competition, but for example, Liverpool, United, all the teams, they could play their under-23 sides and agree to play the games all away from home, which would leave um, midweek fixtures for, for Liverpool to play at home, for example. So as long as the, the, you're in the competition, you can play your under-23s, but they'll be away from home at a, at a, at a league club. Yeah, and still freeze up. That midweek to play Home, for the first Premier League, play. Premier League teams can still play at their grounds. Yeah, play Premier League games. Yeah. Um, let me see. Uh, let me see. Oh, sorry, Kev says uh, I, he's talking to me here. He said they could do it if the Premier League gave into a fund to compensate for lost revenue to the league clubs. That's another thing, I suppose. You know, league clubs. Like I know where Jay is coming from. The League Cup is. It, is the standard one where you go, listen, we need we need some wiggle room here and that takes out probably six, seven match days in a season for, for clubs, you know. But the league clubs, like, they do depend on, you know, drawing Liverpool at home, the likes of MK Dons or Shrewsby, you know, or uh, Shrewsby was the FA Cup, but in the League Cup, you know, they do, they look forward to this and it's a big payday for them whether it's at the gate or whether it's television so I, I don't know if league clubs will go for that but I, I know where Jay is coming from for me it's 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 a decent idea to go listen once off we have to take the league cup out of here we just need to rejig things and, and reset it and we need to we need to push you know a nine month season um, into probably eight months and we're starting a month late so we're just it's just the way it's going to have to be it's a very interesting subject like apart from all the problems going on at the moment in the world with regards to COVID-19 mm. it's just very interesting to speak as the inner workings of football and you, 
you start to realize how difficult it is to actually organize and and, and plot yeah. a season you know when, when you look at it and people would say why did he have you know we've seen it where are they playing that night and where are we playing that night and why can't we move this and why i suppose it just shows how difficult it is you know um schedule there's, there's just one uh, there's one question there off keith plunkett gav regarding contracts um, and he says will they be deferred uh, will there be a deferred transfer window what's what your thoughts on that boys Come on, let Jay take that. Well, it is a strange one, isn't it? Because players are going to be out of contract and there has been the talk that there'd be short-term deals and rolling contracts by month by month and stuff because, you know, it's mm. it's obvious that clubs are going to need the players that are running out of contract. They're obviously still going to need them, aren't they? And also you've got to consider the players that are out on loan. I mean, you know, Liverpool have got Harry Wilson out on loan, haven't they, at Bournemouth? And, I'm pretty sure that they'd want to try and keep him to stave off relegation because he's been one of their better players this season, hasn't he? And, you know, mm. for, for instance, like, would Liverpool want him back? Because if we got an injury or something to a player, you know, we could bolster our squad. So, you know, there is a lot of questions that remain unanswered that are, you know, it is difficult, isn't it? And it is tricky. And that's why the argue, there's arguments for and against, isn't it? And people are saying, even about like one of our own as well, Adam Lalana, people have mentioned him and, no, he's going to be out of contract in the summer and there's thought that he's going to go to Leicester. But I'm pretty sure until this season's completed, then the players, they're going to have to come up with some sort of you know, deal with the, with the clubs on a short-term contract, whether it be for a month or six weeks or whatever, because I, I can't see it being a case of like you can move to another club because it's just opens a can of worms, doesn't it, really? It can't really be done. They'll have to remain at the clubs that they've been on the season-long loan at, or, you know, obviously to see out the season, the final season with the clubs, in terms of someone like an, an Adam Lallana or the free agents that there's, there's going to be. Like, William, he's another one, isn't he, at Chelsea as well, who would be a, a free agent in the summer. So, I just think that these players are going to have to see the season out, you know, with the clubs and... You know, they're going to have to come to a strike a deal and a compromise, really, of an extended deal, whether it be for a, for a month or... I mean, some players might end up getting an extra 12 months out of it, an extra 12-month deal at the club. But, you know, I'm, I'm certainly sure there'll be something in place where, you know, players can do a short-term deal with the club. I think when you look at it, like, the season is going to end, whether this season ends in May, June, July or August or whatever it is, the, the season is going to end and you're going to have whatever break it is whether it's just a couple of weeks until we start a new one or we finish I, I, I would think the target is to try finish this season by mid to late July and then say right six weeks we start again on September the 1st that's the way I think they want to do it and that's why I think the behind closed doors mm-hmm. thing will be will be put in place and it will be extremely strict yeah. around players because what you don't need is a, what you don't need is they say I made a force right we're gonna we, we've what we've set out the the because come made a force the season's nearly over you know, in real terms, you know, if if nothing went wrong, you'd probably only have two league games left. So they're probably going to have to rejig the whole um, fixture list. You know, I don't think they'll get to made a force to go, who are Liverpool due to play next? I don't know if they'll do that. I think they'll end up just saying, right, from made a force, here's the new fixture list. They're going to have to be extremely strict because you don't want the player coming back, playing, and then somebody contracts it again. And he played against them last week, and they have to go two weeks again. So it's going to have to be very strict. With regards to the contracts, you know, Harry Wilson, like like Jay says there, Harry Wilson's on a deal with Bournemouth until probably 5pm on Sunday the 17th of May when the league season 
is due to finish. Now, we've seen clubs had a meeting today and we've seen the stuff that come over where the Premier League have um, extended the, the, the suspension indefinitely until they can finish the season. I think that'll be the case with the players on loan and stuff like that or players running out of contract. I, I think it'll common sense tells you that clubs that have players out on loan or clubs that own... Uh, players that are running out of contract will say look your contract is not up on 17th of May it will run until we're an asterisk beside it until the last game of the season is completed Um, you know what I'm saying like most players that are out of contract are out of contract around June June the 4th I think it is so that'll just put an asterisk beside it until the last game of the season is is finished and that'll be across the board and everyone will agree with that and okay you might have clubs might have players that they just want out the door but at the end of the day, he was meant, that player was meant to be there till the season was finished. It's not his fault that it's gone on a couple of months. You still have to pay him. Yeah. What can you do? That's that's just the price you pay, you know, for football to continue. So I agree with Jay. I just think that there will be a deal have to be put in place. I think it'll be a, a sweeping across the board deal where everyone will say, right, any player out on loan is on loan until the final whistle. On whenever we finish this, anyone out of contract is now out of contract after the last game of the season finishes. And everyone, uh, there's a date picked on it, and that's where they go. I think that's where they'll end up. Yeah, there's just another couple of questions in the uh, in the chat room there, Gav. Um, Ian Avies, he's come up with, he said, uh, he's sure with the amount of money involved in the league, they could test every player and ensure they all remain isolated for a month while they play the season to a conclusion. Is that something that you you think would be feasible? Um, I think it is. Like, you know, what like what are me what Peter, what are me and you and Jay being told by your your respective governments? You know, self isolate, mm. stay away from people, wash your hands, don't put your hands near your mouth, you know, all this sort of stuff. If you can stay within a small group of people, i.e. your immediate family and you you keep your hygiene is kept to a strict level i.e. hands, mouth, stuff like that, you're absolutely fine. I think players are exactly the same at home. I think the clubs will have to ensure that if they make the trip from home to Melwood or Anfield to play, that people are under strict instructions. You know, you could end up with, you could literally end up with every member of staff in that ground walking around with a mask on, gloves on. You know, people literally mm-hmm. dousing the place with, with with disinfectant, no matter literally following players around with disinfectant. You could end up with something like that to ensure the league gets done. Um, uh, yeah, I think football clubs are, are ultra, ultra professional. And, you know, we've seen a couple of players contact, you know, and a manager in Arteta. I think Hudson Adoya got it. There was one or two others maybe, maybe ended up getting it. But overall, for, you know, 20 league teams with 25-man squad is, what, 450 people, is it? And we've had three or four cases. I think that just mm-hmm. shows how professional they are in, in everything they do. I couldn't, I can't see a problem in, in them all being tested, picking a date behind closed doors, and literally them players literally go from house to training to match. And all them situations that they end up in is ultra, ultra um, careful in what they do with regards to hygiene. Yeah, most definitely. I'd uh, definitely agree with that. Just another one in, in the in the chat room there, if you want to take this one, Jay. Uh, Kev O'Sullivan, he says, where do you see Genie Wijnaldum and his contract situation? It seems to be dragging on for a long time now. I know James Pierce said something, didn't he, that the, the talks have been still been going ahead and it's probably likely going to come to a, to a conclusion where he does extend his contract. But how do you see um, that contract one playing out, Jay? 
Yeah, I mean, it's been spoken about for a while now, hasn't it, really, about Wijnaldum, and some people have said that he's already signed and he will sign a new deal and it'll be announced pretty soon, and hopefully that is the case. I mean, we don't know yet. There's no indication of that. You know, talks have been, you know, they've been held, and we're just waiting, really, aren't we, for confirmation of it? And I do think that he, he, he's been a very good player for Liverpool, hasn't he, ever since we signed him for £25 million, and... I do think he does deserve a new contract, really. And I think the only downside to it, people are looking at his age. I think he's 29 now, nearly 30, is he? So that's the issue. When you consider you've got Jordan Henderson's a similar age, you've also got James Milner, who signed a new contract, who's, you think he's 33 or something, isn't he? So Liverpool, people are looking at it saying, you know, maybe we'll get a younger midfield player. But what you've got to consider is Adam Lallana's going to move, isn't he, in the summertime as well? And, Wijnaldum's proved this season at times he's been fantastic for Liverpool. Yeah, he has his, he has his criticism, doesn't he, about he goes missing in some games. But to me, I think he's a big game player. He always turns up in the big ones, and you know he scored some really important goals for Liverpool. And very, well, obviously, very nearly scored another one against that Let's Go Madrid in the last game we had, which unfortunately we went out, but he did score the goal that took the game to extra time, didn't he? So. You know, he does score big goals for Liverpool. He did in the Champions League last season against Barcelona in the semi-final as well. And even the season before that against Roma in the Stadio Olimpico. So, you know, like I say, he's a big game player. And for me, he's one of my favourite midfield players at the club. And, you know, for me, he's got to sign a new deal. There's no doubt about that. And hopefully he will do. <coughs> There's one here from Key Plunka. He asks, what do we make of the reaction of rival fans to the news that the season will complete whenever it returns? Um, Peter, what do you make of the reaction to, to the fans of other clubs when, when they heard this news today? We'll finish up on this one. We've only a couple of minutes left, but yeah. what do you make of that reaction? Yeah, sorry, my microphone was on mute then and I was just going to say this is probably the best person to ask the, this question to is, is Jay. He's got, he's got his big social media account there over 100,000 followers on he's Twitter a he gets he? a lot yeah he's uh, he's he's top drawer up there and the, the fans a lot of them seem to as soon as Jay put something on there rival fans seem to want to have a pop at him and and things like that but Jay handles himself well and I'd just like to put that question to him and what what do you make of that the reaction Jay to to the fans that now that the season is likely going to be completed you know what I just think it's it highlights, doesn't it? I mean, we pride ourselves on being unique and we call ourselves the unbearables and all that. And it just goes to show, doesn't it, how, how dislike and the hatred that there is out there for Liverpool. It's absolute madness, really. I mean, Liverpool have been by far and away the best team this season. There's no shadow of a doubt behind that. But then you get all kinds of you know, the bitter fans coming out saying, well, mathematically, you haven't won it yet, which is strictly, you know, that's correct, that is true. But come on, we're 25 points clear. It's not like we're two points clear, is it? And, you know, people would rather the season be void and null and void where, like, obviously there was yeah. no champ, no champions, no one qualifies for Europe, no one gets relegated, no one gets promoted, just so Liverpool don't win the league. And I'm talking the likes of Evertonians bringing in the Heisel disaster into, into it, you know, saying, well, you know, that's just the start for getting all the Europe, you know, getting teams banned from Europe, you know, like all them years ago, a Heisel, you know, just really, really, but like poisonous, like, you know, 
tweets coming out of some of them. You know, it's absolutely incredible the dislike and the contempt that they've got for Liverpool just because we might be winning the league this season. It's absolutely incredible. Even Manchester United fans, you know, let's let's get real about it. Manchester United can ill afford to be out of the Champions League again next season, but yet you've got some yeah. of their fans just because Liverpool might win the league the first one for thirty years would rather the season be void. But it goes deeper than that. You've got Arsenal fans as well coming out saying it, Tottenham fans, West Ham fans. It's absolutely incredible. You know, you'd think, wouldn't you, that, you know, football fans, like, purity behind it all, the way Liverpool have done things as a club the right way. Jürgen Klopp's a very likeable manager, isn't he? Very charismatic. You know, why would anyone want someone like Man City winning the league who, you know, obviously they've rigged the fair play stuff that been banned from the Champions League now because of it, you know, they're, they're a money club, aren't they? You know, they've, they've only really existed in my eyes since 2010, 2011, the last decade. They were nothing before that, you know what I mean? I used to admire them in the lower leagues when they get 30,000 gates at main roads. Now all of a sudden they've got money and, you know, the fans, like, they, you know, they go they go to the matches, you know, dressed up as an empty sheet. It's incredible. You know, <laughs> I, I just think it's laughable to think that we, how can Liverpool, an institution like Liverpool, the way we've gone about things in the correct way, we've been outstanding this season, flying high top of the league. How can we be more disliked than someone like Manchester City, who basically are proven to be, you know, to fiddle the books, to cook the books, to cook everything, basically. They're an absolute joke of a club. But yeah, people, fans of other clubs would rather this season be void just so it avoids Liverpool being being crowned champions. It's incredible, and and really, it's two fingers up to all them now because you know for some bizarre reason they were happy for this season to be forgotten about and move on to another season. It's like I've said to numerous people: forget about a new season. How can you even contemplate a new season when this one hasn't ended yet? Do you know what I mean? It's like. You know, let's get into the real world. As we've already covered on this podcast, at the end of the day, there's so many issues that need resolving. And it's not just about Liverpool. It's certain other clubs as well, qualification for Europe, promotion, relegations. There's a lot to be resolved. And like I say, I think it's it's been a, a bit of a, an eye-opener. I mean, I, I know Liverpool have, were not really very well liked up and down the country, but it's been a massive eye-opener, really, certainly in social media terms to how much we are disliked and that's why when we do reconvene playing football matches again and Liverpool do go on to win this Premier League title it's going to be very satisfying extremely satisfying Um, yeah just extremely satisfying it doesn't surprise me I know where Jay is coming from but it doesn't surprise me and it's a fear in people it's simply a fear in people because I've said for a long time even going back to you know even go back to 13, 14, but especially in the running last season, there's a certain age group in the media, punditry, ex-players and stuff like that, that grew up watching Liverpool winning everything and, and it ruined, their, ruined their, their youth, I suppose. And they're worried about it now because they're looking at it going, mm-hmm. I remember this happening in the in the 70s and 80s and this could happen again if Liverpool, you know, come back and, and win a Premier League title. Where could they go from there? It's a fear. Yeah. It's the only... It's the only it's the only thing the ha- stick they have to hit us with is that we haven't won a Premier League title. That's the only stick they have to hit us with. And while they try to hit us with that stick, they then realise that, hold on, we've watched these knock Barcelona out after being 3 down after a fourth leg. We've seen them do what they've done against Dortmund. We've seen them do th- that run in 05 and look what they've done. They went and won an FA Cup on the back of that the following season. Klopp's been in the European final. F- it's a f- 
would be if well it would have been four out of five seasons if you'd have made a Champions League final this season. They know that yeah. nobody feeds off momentum better than Liverpool. Nobody, and the biggest momentum shift that would ever come, I think, in the Premier League. Um, for the next couple of years is Liverpool winning a title and when they do go and win it the rest of the teams won't have anything to beat you with they won't be talking about Gerrard slipping they won't be talking about you've never won a Premier League title which is ridiculous Liverpool have won 18 league titles you know and then where did he go where did he go from there you know they've nowhere to go and that's what the problem is it's not mm. It's not about football it's not about tribalism it's not about you know people going oh well, we just don't. It's, they don't it's not that they don't like Liverpool you know a lot of football fans out there like Liverpool it's the fear of what will happen when they've nothing else to beat them with and on top of that Liverpool are champions and where can they go from there because Liverpool listen any, any football fan being honest with you stand back whether they're United, Arsenal, City, Chelsea, Spurs whoever they are if, if they st- step back and take a look at their own club and take a look at Liverpool they go well look Liverpool are better run their, their infrastructure is amazing they're looking to expand Anfield which will probably go somewhere close to 75,000 when all is said and done they'd be league champions they have one of the, probably the best manager in the world in my opinion they have a brilliant squad they have a young squad they have players coming through they can go anywhere they want in the market mm. and where, where do they compare to us well, we're way behind in infrastructure, in stadium, if, unless you look at um, sports who've done, done a great job on their stadium. But when you, when you actually factor everything in and stand all these clubs against each other, Liverpool are by far and away the best. By far and away the best. When you add everything up, put a scoring system on, on 10 different um, issues around football and clubs, and Liverpool will outscore any of these, and I, I guarantee you that. And that's where the fear comes from. It's all down to fear, and the fear and the end of the world stuff will come through when Liverpool are crowned Premier League champions. Yeah, most definitely. Like you say, it's it's fear and, and envy of us towards us, isn't it? And mm. like you say, all all the off off the pitch Liverpool with the sponsorship deals and everything, the miles ahead. And like Jay says, some of these fans who, who are commenting, you're real football fans. The the knowledgeable football fans out there will 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 admit it, and they'll come out and maybe with gritted teeth. Some of them they'll say, yeah, Liverpool deserve to be Premier League champions. And, and I have seen that from Manchester United. Mm. Fans, I've seen it from from Everton fans, but on the other hand, like Jay says, you get the ones who are, who are sharing a brain cell with a flea, and they just they just start saying ridiculous things, null and void, all that tainted title, absolutely ridiculous statements, and you just think to yourself, well, do us a favour, go and get yourself an education, and then come back and and uh, and, and talk to us later on. Do, do you know what? You have some great guests on this show throughout the season. Um, Pete Selby at Leicester, you know, you, you've you've cracking lot, oh, unbelievable fella. And mm. if you go through all the people you have on this show, yourself and Jay, brilliant show, brilliant guests, you know, great uh, previews of games, every Premier League game as it goes throughout the season. And if you go for argument, say to Pete Selby and say to him, Pete, what do you think of Liverpool? He's going to tell you they're brilliant. He's not going to tell you, oh, yeah. oh well, you haven't done this, you haven't. He's going to be very, very honest with you and tell you that Liverpool are the best at this, the best at that. He's one hundred percent going to tell you that the best team that have gone to the to the King Power this stadium this season, and he's going to be extremely honest. I wouldn't listen to these people on social media that are probably just there to wind people up. Are probably there and they're just saying stuff because they're being. It's a it's a herd mentality. Go and speak to the likes of Pete Selby and another. Genuine fans of, of of football clubs that are able to look out their outside their own bubble and go, yeah, they're just the best. Similar to the way Manchester United were in the mid to late nineties, you know, they were untouchable. 
they were untouchable and you had to turn around and be and say they are untouchable and hand it to them yeah yeah and, and there was probably Liverpool fans at that time going well this and well that and that's the way it is but at the end of the day I believe Liverpool are probably one of the best run clubs in the world I think they're the most appealing club to, in the world at the moment to footballers that want to progress their career and win things and I think they're the biggest football club in the world That's it's as simple as that I think yeah, most definitely. So, yeah, if we want to um, want to wrap it up there, boys, then uh, we can do because I know you've got uh, you've got a show coming up, haven't you? Shortly, Gav, with um, with Grizz and uh, who's the other person? Is it oh, Grizz and Keith. Keith uh, we're discussing a World Eleven that has caused lots of trouble this week because people have picked the right. wrong players to win the team, and uh, we're on the forwards tonight. I can tell you that um, Ronaldinho was picked ahead ahead of Cristiano Ronaldo, so it's uh, it'll get tasty at about ten o'clock. Yeah controversial yeah yeah but like you say yeah yeah it's been a there's a lot of things going on on twitter with world 11s and five-a-side teams basically trying to to get away from the fact that we've got no premier league and people are trying to get the, the boredom out the way aren't they and there was a thing on twitter today with andy robertson wasn't there he'd done a, mm. done an ask rob and there was a lot of um a lot of fun things come from that so yeah there's there's a lot of things that we can uh, still do with with our time but yeah we shall look forward to the season um, prevailing. And uh, once we get back to that, I'm sure we'll all be uh, happy once again. So thanks very much, Jay. Thanks very much, Gav, for uh, our live question and answer session on the, the cop table. Thanks, everybody, who came on onto the ch- chat room. Ian, uh, Keith, Kev O'Sullivan, um, who else was on there tonight? Yeah, anyone who, who commented into the chat room, thanks very much for your, for your interaction. And um, I'm sure that myself, Jay and Gav will um, do one of these in in a couple of weeks or, or whenever we um, whenever anything happens for us to, to chat about. So, yeah, thanks very much, lads. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Cheers, bo- cheers boys. Yeah, that's the Cop Table podcast Q&A session all done. Thanks very much to Gav. Don't forget, everybody, if you're, you're not up to date with it, uh, we always support the No More Knives campaign uh, in the Merseyside area. If you want to uh, check out the uh, things going on over there with, with Paul Bentley and all, all the guys, we, we're a big supporter of them. And, yeah, we're fully behind the, the No More Knives campaign uh, in the Merseyside area and surrounding areas. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, we'll speak to you all very soon. Goodbye. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type two collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.